Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Winners Win Live. This is Dr. Chris Coakley, your CEO, and I just wanted to get a few moments with you to talk about just the mindset it takes to take your business to the next level. Let me first by saying once again, congratulations for selling out our experience for next year. It is absolutely sold out. So looking forward to it. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And let me just give you a heads up. We've got some great events, some absolute boot camp winners win training set up for January on both the West Coast and the East Coast that you want to be looking out for because when the registration comes up, you want to make sure you don't miss those before they're sold out to get an opportunity to spend some time with myself and really do some in-depth training on uh, getting off to a fast start and making 2024 the year that you turn your business and your life around and take it to the next level. And that's what we want to do. But I just wanted to get a quick moment with you and I'll be doing this you know, from now to the end of the year because I know it's critical right now. And what you guys don't need is a whole lot of me talking. You need a whole lot of working going on. And so I'll just be popping in and giving tips that I think can help. Like right now, we're in the last couple of days of October, Rocktober, where you've got promotion blitz happening, reactivation blitz happening. I mean, you've got all kinds of contests are happening. So you've got all kinds of great things you need to be absolutely focused on making happen and taking to the next level. But guys, I believe with everything in me, the key to being successful in business is understanding the numbers. When you understand the numbers, then you know what you need to do to win. And here's another thing that it does. It takes away your excuses because you can't figure out what's wrong if you're not even doing enough in the first place. You see, you know, we just can't went through an incredible pandemic and 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 uh, and they had to come up with a vaccine at record speed. And they had, but see, guys, they couldn't figure out if the vaccine would work until they had a big enough test market of people, until they had enough people willing to take it where they could study the results and, and how people responded to it, they could not say whether the vaccine or there was three or four different companies working on it, whose vaccine was most effective and whose wasn't. And they, they, couldn't, they, they couldn't make any determinations until they had enough people to test it on. See guys, some of you are trying to figure out whether this business works or whether it'll work for me or whether I'm good at it or what's wrong or what's wrong with me or, or why can't I? You haven't done enough nine times out of 10 to even make that assessment. People call me all the time and say, I need your help. And as soon as I ask them their numbers, I find out it's too soon. For me to help. You haven't done enough for me to even figure out if there's something wrong. See, when I talk about presenting this business, when I talk about the fact that life is life and people are going to go through things, and when we look at the numbers and we say for every 10 people you present this business to, that if they're in your warm market, meaning that they know you and you know them, if your name is mentioned, they would know who they're talking about. That, that's your warm market. That if you present this business to 10, three will join you. 
And, and, and if you don't have a Walmart, if you don't know anything about them, if you just met them on the street or at the Starbucks or the Panera Bread or the Burger King, wherever you meet them, if you meet 10 people and present this business to those 10, one will join. See, those are the numbers. See, without the trust and the, and the knowing, it reduces the number of people that will join you. Because the number one reason people don't go into business is, is, is that they're skeptical. Guys, I get ads all the time that we'll build you an Amazon store and, and we guarantee it'll make $100,000 a year. All you need is 20 grand. Guys, I got 20 grand. I could give them 20 grand just like that. It wouldn't be a problem. And 20 grand for a guaranteed extra 100,000 a year is a great deal. So why haven't I done it? I don't know them. I, I don't trust them. I don't believe them. Now, does that mean they're not telling the truth? No. It just means I don't know enough about them to trust giving them 20 grand. Now, I'm using a $20,000 example, but I want you to understand the same thought process, the same mentality, the same pattern of, of decision-making happens at $79. People don't just run around giving 79. Look, let me tell you, I'll give you a better example. It happens at a dollar. When somebody's standing on the corner with a sign begging for money, most people don't give it to them because they don't trust that they're going to do the right thing with it. They don't believe that they're really in the financial situation that they appear to be in. They think they're scammers or that they might just be, you know, begging for money and then jumping in a Mercedes and going home to a mansion. See, even at a dollar donation, the same thought pattern takes place. So while you're saying to yourself, I can't believe people won't even, don't have 79, it ain't that they don't have $79, they're just not willing to give it to you if they don't know you or trust you or believe what you're saying. And so you gotta work on being believable. You gotta work on turning strangers into friends. You gotta work on how to win friends and influence people, a book by Dale Carnegie. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. You need to learn how to turn strangers into friends so you increase that ratio from one out of 10 to three out of 10. Well, Chris, what do I do to get it to five out of 10? You don't. It's highly unlikely. Life is going to happen. Things are going to happen. People are, you know, to be in a Hall of Fame in baseball, you just got to get two to three hits out of every 10 at-bats. See, if you can hit three out of 10 in baseball, Hall of Fame. You, nope, nope. Most people never get there. Nobody sit there going, I'm going to be the one to do five out of 10 at-bats for my career. Has never been done. So, and if at three, 
you're financially independent with a $100 million contract, what's the point? <laughs> what are you trying to prove going to five? See, if you can get three out of 10, you could become totally financially independent. Who cares what four out of 10 would do or five out of 10 would do or six out of 10 would do? You could be financially free at three out of 10. Here's the problem. Most of you don't do 10 often enough to get the three. And then it's difficult for me to help you because if you haven't done 10 in your warm market, how do I know if you know what you're doing or if your presentation is great or if your closing techniques is great? Because you get three out of 10. And if you haven't hit 10, then I, I, I can't say. The last three that you haven't hit might be the three that you get. So if you don't do the full 10, then I can't see the numbers. If you're talking to all strangers, and you don't talk to 10 and you only get one out of 10, how do I know the next one won't be the one? And that means you're right on pace. But if you never do 10, then I can't assess that. So the most important thing you got to do right out the gate is you got to get your numbers up. And that's why I told a story. Some of you may have heard it. Some of you may not have heard it. But when I got started in the business, I, I took 10 pennies. And, and, and I put them in my left pocket. And, and I made a commitment to myself that every day that I left my house, I would not come back home and get comfortable or watch TV or go to sleep or make until I move those 10 pennies from my left pocket to my right pocket. Chris, how did you do that? Every time I met a person and exchanged phone numbers, I was able to move a penny. So that means I had to meet 10 people a day and exchange phone numbers, that's all. And I could move my 10 pennies and go home. See, I, I wanted to increase my numbers. And the next day when I call the people that I met and I and invite them to get on a presentation, all 10 wouldn't do it. But if I got three or four one day and another four or five the next day and another five, six, I would do more than 10 a week. And if I did more than 10 a week, present it then it guaranteed that I would put new business partners in my business every week. So I would do this five days a week. That means I would get 50 name and number. Out of those 50, I would get at least 30 or so to watch the presentation. And out of those 30, I would get three. If they were all strangers, three new teammates. And three new teammates a week out of a four-week month, right? is 12 new teammates. That means I'm double-digit recruiting. I'm doing 12 for that month. Now, I would only do 12 one month because now those 12 people all have what? Warm markets. 
So I would sit down with them and make a list of 50 to 100 people. Shooting for 100 was, is what I, I my, my ideal minimum. Everybody may have their own different ideal minimums. My ideal minimum for me to personally train and develop you is 100. Because out of 100 people that we put on your list, mother, brother, sister, cousin, neighbor, doctor, lawyer, pastor, all the people you know, school kids, teachers, everybody, out of 100 on your list, we'll probably get 50 of them to take a look at the presentation. That's what we'll get. 50 of them looking at the presentation. If we're getting three out of every 10, that means you got 15 new teammates on your team in the warm market. We can do that like that. We can make a list, set up a grand opening, get those people on the grand, on the, at the presentation for the grand opening, and boom, 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 15 new people who now each have 100. And let's say, Chris, out of the 12, three of them can do that. So that means 15 people times three is 45 people join my team the next month. What if each one of them just had three? Starting to get it? We're at 100 plus recruits a month by the third or fourth month. And I'm not doing all the grand openings because I'm duplicating myself. So they're going to do the same thing with their people that I did with them. And now you got this thing rocking and rolling. So what does that mean? See, to get double-digit recruiting going in your team builder group, you know, the first thing you got to do is, is you got to learn to feel good and accept where you are. If right now you're not doing 10, you can't be upset. You're not doing enough numbers to see if it works yet. There's nothing for you to be complaining about, mad about, upset about. There's no body you should be mad at or upset at. You're not doing enough numbers to even measure your success. So if at this point you're frustrated, you're angry, you're that's all wasted energy because you're not doing enough numbers. I can't be in the Major League Baseball and don't take 10 swings, but start trying to figure out what's my batting average. You don't have an average. So let's look at the numbers. If you're doing 10 recruits or less a week, your team is shrinking. You're not outpacing attrition. You're not. So if you're doing less than 10, you don't have a growing organization. And so I don't even care if there's 100 people on your team right now. Your team's shrinking. You will go from 100 to none if you continue to not do at least 10 or more every month. That's just, those are the numbers. If you're doing between 10 and 20, you're maintaining. You at least got enough people joining to cover the people that have quit, 
that aren't going to do anything, that really don't get off to a fast start. And some of you go, well, Chris, that's a problem. People quit and they don't. People quit everything. People quit school. People quit college. People quit church. People quit the military. If you name something that people join, I'll show you a percentage of them that quit. There's going to always be quitters. Just make sure you're not one of them. But they're going to always exist. If you're doing 20 to 30 recruits in your team builder group, you're growing now. See, your team's starting to grow. You'll see your numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger. If you're doing between 30 and 40, now you're really growing fast. You're picking up momentum. And you're getting this thing going. See, once you get it between 40 and 50 recruits, not only you're growing fast, but now you're going to start to promote. Look, you getting to director is inevitable. But at 40 to 50 recruits a month, you start promoting directors. Remember, you only need seven to 10 key people, key directors to become financially independent. So the faster you get up to 40 or 50, and I just started off telling you how to get up over 50 a month in your team. If you have no warm market and nobody, start with 10 pennies, turn that into 12 people, and if three out of the 12 can make a list of 100, there you go. That's 15 people each. That's 45 people. And you should never go below that again. And now you're promoting directors. But you got to accept where you are and make a decision you're going to get out of there. And the way you get out of there is you got to go prospect. You got to go recruit. And people don't respond well to advertising as they do to word of mouth. Because word of mouth can go further. You can overcome objections. You can display charisma and personality to get people to like you and trust. Commercials don't get people to like them and trust them. They're not personable. They don't answer questions. They don't. So you reduce your numbers when you refuse to go do this yourself, guys. Let me be clear with you. If recruiting was as easy as posting on social media or running a commercial, why would we need you? As a company, we've got the money to hire a marketing company to make the best commercials and ads that we can buy advertising space on social media and television, and we could recruit the world ourselves and not pay you anything. So if it really worked, if we really thought that would work, 
Wouldn't we do it? See, some of you don't believe me when I say that, but I'm trying to get you to understand the reason we make so much money is because of our mouths, our ability to convince people to do something they otherwise would not have the courage or understanding to do. We got to do that. But if we get good at doing that, we can make millions. We could change our lives. This is not a game. This is reality. There's nothing in my birth or upbringing that says I should have the life that I have today other than the willingness I had to go do what it took to win, which means open my mouth and have a bunch of people tell me no, but enough told me yes to win. My mentor at Williams used to say, all you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. It's enough. You can go get enough yeses to change your life if you're willing to keep going past the no's. I said, one market, 10 gets you three. That means seven said no. In the cold market, I said, 10 gets you one. That means nine said no. If you can go through the nine no's to find the one, you can get wealthy. If you can go through the seven no's from people you love, friends and family, to find the three yeses, you can become wealthy. Can you do it? But to be successful at this, guys, there's some mindsets you got to change. Here's the first one. You got to realize that you can only get so much out of the people you have. Some of you can't move forward because you're constantly trying to figure out how to get the people you already got to do it. That's the number one thing that stops somebody who's already been in the business from winning. See, if you're brand new, you know you have no people. You got to go get after it. But we got people right now who've got Hundreds of people on their team. And rather than going forward, they constantly keep trying ways to get those hundreds of people to do it. You can't. See, most people have found their place in your team. Most people who've been here for more than six months are going to do, are doing what they're going to do. Three categories of people here in our company. 80% of them are here for social reasons. They're here because it's fun. They get to travel with fun people that have positive attitudes that are encouraging and love to travel around the world. Those things in itself makes it worth being a part of our company and worth a part of our business. Trust me, and I've traveled to over 95 countries, the most fun places I've been had nothing to do with the place. It had everything to do with the company, the people that were there with me. And, and nine out of 10 times, it was the people that were in this business. It allows you to create memories and things that, that are just unmatched. So 80% of the people who come here, whether they make money or not is inconsequential to them. The most important thing to them is they've made a bunch of new friends and people they can travel with so they don't have to travel alone. Because guess what? 
most family members aren't in the same financial situation at the same financial level that you can always count on them to travel. Have you ever tried to plan a trip with your family or friends? It starts out with everybody saying, I'm going. And by the time it gets close to the time to go, you're down to two. It actually got the time off and the money. But if you can find an organization of people, like right now, we can, we we sold out Riviera Maya at the number, I don't, I don't know if it's number one or is in a tie, but they said the top two adult-only, all-inclusive resorts in the world. We sold it out. That means it's going to be 200 of us there. 200. Where else can you go be around 200 positive, excited uh, people? So 80% of people join our company. That's the most important part of it to them. There's another 10% who love to plan and organize travel for people. And so they'll do destination weddings and re class reunions and fraternity and sorority trips and conventions for their company. And they love to organize and put that kind of stuff together. And they make money doing that. And so you got another 10% that'll go off into a niche market and, and, and become travel advisors. And you got that last 10% like me that are just lions, that are just beasts, that just want just just want to be different, just sick and tired of being sick and tired, just can't stand the thought of being average and ordinary, that just doesn't think anybody should have anything in life that I can't go get as well. I, if there's a car out there that other people buy, if I want it, I want to be able to go get it. I might not want it, but if I want it, I want to be able to go get it. If there's a place I want to live, I, I want to be able to live there. If there's a place I want to travel, I want to be able to go. If there, See, you just got some people like that who just can't, I, I can't stand it. Anything but average and ordinary. Call me anything but average and ordinary. I'll get up and fight every day not to be average and ordinary. Those are the categories. Your people have figured out which one of the three they are. So it doesn't matter what training you do, what new concept or information you have, it, they already one of those three. You can't turn the 80 percenters into the beast because if they were beast, they would have never been an 80 percenter in the first place. I've been to 95 countries and guess what? I never cared about traveling. I cared about making money and being with and because I did, then I was able to travel. Like, oh, well, let's go travel. Oh, this is fun. But when I came in broke, I wasn't thinking, man, I sure wish I had some people to travel with. I didn't give a crap about travel. I needed money. If they would have said, Chris, you can make all the money you want, but you are never going to be able to travel, then I would have just gave up travel and made all the money. That's how I was thinking when I joined. Beast mode. I got to take care of my mom. I got to take care of my family. I got to. I wasn't thinking, boy, I'd sure like a nice vacation. Never crossed my mind. Survival was what I was in, the mode I was in.
this mode. The only way you can get to the next level is to recruit more people, not get the people you got to recruit more people, not find somebody else to recruit more people. The only way you can get to the next level is you have to recruit more people. How do you do that, Chris? Well, first of all, you got to make a decision that you're ready to start recruiting. See, you got to sit down and have a conversation with you. You got to do a training on you. You got to look in the mirror and say, am I really ready to commit? Am I willing to take the nine no's to get the one yes? Am I willing to take the seven no's to get the three yeses and the one? Am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to go out of my house every day and move 10 pennies? Am I willing to do what it takes to win for me and my family? And if you decide you are, then you got to make recruiting a mindset. It won't work unless you're 100% committed to it. And your people won't start until they see a change in you. See, they got to see it, not hear it. Don't take this training and go do a meeting and think you're going to move them. What's going to move them is when you go move your 10 pennies, then somebody will go, hey, that's working. Let me move my 10 pennies. Oh, shoot. Hey, that's working. They double-digit recruited. Let me go move my... See, when they see it, they do it. Not you telling them about. You got to do it. If you're going to change where you are, you got to do it first. Somebody will copy you, but you got to do it first. You got to do it first. You can't teach somebody how to do it. You know, I was out with my golf instructor today, every Friday, and I do golf instructor. So I was out with my golf instructor, the last class we had. And as my golf instructor explained the hit that they wanted to teach us, they wanted to teach us how to loft a, loft a ball, probably one of the hardest, but very, very good technique to have in your arsenal. And so they wanted to teach us how to hit the ball really, really high, but have it stop short exactly where you wanted it to go. But my golf teacher is is a woman and she's, um, I think she's Vietnamese, I, I think. And she gets up there and she hits it. High drop. Does it again, high drop. See, after she's done it two or three times, we're standing there going, okay, we got to do it. I mean, like, she didn't just tell us to do it. She showed us how to do it. She did it. And to see, and if you be smoke like me, you're going, if she could do it, I could do it. If she could do it, I could do it. See, if she'd have just told me, I would have been, oh, let me see if I can do it. But when she showed me, I said, if she can do it, I can do it. And I watched her closely. I watched her positioning of her legs and, and the club and, and, and how she swung and the speed. And I examined it and I said, if she could do it, I could do it. And the whole time she was doing it, I was going, if she could do it, I could do it. See, if there's a beast among you and you show them, they're going to do it. Because they're already thinking, if you could do it, I could do it. You're not better than me. Nobody's better than me. And then she moved and we all got in place and we start doing it. Did I hit them all right? Nope, I hit a bunch of them wrong. Most of them wrong. But every now and then, got one just like she did it. And she said, good shot, Chris. Incredible. Got another. 
Arenado. Now, on my non-practice day with her, I'm going to go practice on my own and hit another couple of hundred of them until I increase my ratio to where instead of one out of 30 right now, I might be getting, I'm going to end up one out of 10, three out of 10. Now I'm ready to play. you got to forget about ratios for a while. Right now, people come in at 79, and our objective is we want to upgrade them to take pick a tip at the top so they actually have all the products. But when you start recruiting, the most important thing when you start recruiting is recruiting. And you got to focus on recruiting. And that means your ratios are going to be off right at first. You're going to get 10 recruits, and, and out of 10 uh, SBAs, out of 10 junior executives, you should be upgrading 50% of them. But at the beginning, you're probably only going to upgrade one or two out of 10. Because you're going to be so focused on getting them recruits who get recruits who get recruits who get recruits. But then once it matures and levels out, your ratios will come back. So when you focus on recruiting, your recruiting sales ratio is off, but your ratios will come back and your team will mature in three to six months of hitting. the. See, if you double-digit recruit every month, if you do 10 a month for three months in a row, by the fourth month, you'll have five of them upgrade to tip or top every month after. But you got to let it mature. You got to keep recruiting first. You got to sell out the concept of recruiting. It's got to, your people got to know that you, your people will not recruit if it's not what you're recognizing. See, people fight for recognition, appreciation, praise, then money in that order. That's what people fight for. Recognition, appreciation, praise, then money. See, some of you go, why aren't they recruiting? Don't they know they could get a bonus? Money is number four. It's not that motivating. But if you recognize recruiting, if you point out the top recruiters, if you appraise and appreciate their, they'll go do it. It's got to be recognized, talked about, and sold constantly. Not every day, constantly. And it can't be a temporary fix. You can't go, I did 10 recruits. Now let me go upgrade them all. See, that's a temporary fix. You do 10 recruits. You need to go do 15. Then you need to go do 20. Then you need to go do 25. Oh, but Chris, when do I go upgrade them all? It'll happen. It'll mature. They got to upgrade or they don't own the product. They got to upgrade or they can't get uh, uh, travel at wholesale prices. They got to upgrade it. They got to upgrade. You don't got to upgrade them. They got to upgrade. It's the natural next step. But if you get off your recruiting to go upgrade them, you treated it like a temporary fix to go increase your upgrades and you're going to go right back to start right back to square one. As soon as you take your eye off recruiting to go do anything else, you reset yourself right back at zero. You're right back at square one. You cannot 
take your eye off the prize or it resets you back at square one. I've said this many different ways to this point, and I'll say it one more time. You must lead by example to get recruiting going. You got to do it first. You got to do it first. And not one time, like I said, for three to six months until your team matures into it. You got to do it first. Oh, Chris, I had a good week last week and nobody followed me. Month after month after month, by the fourth month, you might get one person started. Fifth month, three people, six month, eight people. Eight people doing 10 is 80. If you could go from zero to 80 a month in six months, you're cooking with grease. But the problem is we go do five. Then we stop. Try to upgrade them and look around and go, nobody's following. So then we start doing more training on the people to try to get them to follow. That's not how it works. I've never seen a lion doing a meeting with a bunch of other lions sitting around listening. A lion every day, lions. He gets up and does what a lion does. And if he's got cubs, they get up and follow. And if he's a leader of the pack, the whole pack follows. Does he ever have to turn around and tell them what to do? No, he does it and they learn. Then they do it. Find a direct rabbit. Nothing will help until you do. See, when you find somebody and start running with them, when you find somebody that can make a list of 100, and you get 50 of their 100 to take a look at the presentation, and you get 15 recruits under them, which means the first three, they become three and free, and then the next three or four, now they're a team builder, and then they get their first bonus. See, when you grab somebody who can make a list of 100 and help all of that happen, that's when your team goes, whoa, hold up, this thing works. So you got to get out and find that rabbit. How do you do it? Focus on a minimum of six new directs a month until you find one. Until you find somebody. Hi, Chris, how do I identify? They can make a list of 100 people in their war market. That's a rabbit. I could give you a bunch of other characteristics, but the most important one is they can make a list of 100 people. Chris, why is that most important? Because it requires a certain amount of social skills to be able to rattle off and write down 100 people that you know and that knows you. So the other things I'm looking for in a person usually are there if they can make a list of 100 people. The other things are usually there. And nothing will fire up your team builder group better than a new rabbit, than a new person that comes in and hits three and free, hits the bonus, uh, gets the team builder, gets, gets nothing faster than, we'll do it faster than that. So you got to commit to go finding the first rabbit. And then your people will find theirs and you'll start to have rabbits pop up everywhere. See, number six, recruit to recruit. Don't recruit to sell people something. Don't 
recruit to recruit. The minute you switch to selling, people will feel betrayed and like you bait and switch them. The key is recruiting. And what am I going to help them do? Get a recruit. And what am I going to help their recruit do? Get recruits. Chris, why is that so important? Because people work harder for others than they do themselves. It's just that simple. That's human nature. You tend to be a little reckless when you're single, but as soon as you have a baby, you tend to shape it up. Because now you're doing it for somebody else. You're living your life for somebody. You start to make better decisions. You start to eat better, cook better, because there's somebody else depending on you. So if you want to lock in a recruit to become a leader, get them a recruit. Get them somebody they're responsible for helping succeed and watch how they work harder to help that person. Your goal is to recruit someone to help find more recruits, not to sell them. You need to look through a recruit into their market for more recruits. Soon as somebody come on board, you got to sit down and make that list of 100. You got to ask them who are these people, interview them about the people. Look into that market for the next superstar. Look for somebody who's wanted something in their life. Look for somebody that has success. Look for somebody that everybody else respects. Start looking through the recruit into their market to find their next recruit for them. I'll end with this. The key to winning at anything in life is be willing to be bad. See, if you're willing to be bad at something for a while, so you can become great at it forever. That's the key. See, if you worry about getting started because you don't know what you're doing, if you worry about talking to people because you don't know what to say, if you work, see, if you're not willing to be bad, you'll never get great. But if you're willing to be bad, just for a while, you can become great at it forever. Guys, let's go out and be great. Thanks for joining me on Winners One Live. I'll talk to you next time.